I have three chaburas today, two of which I will not say, and the third uh, will probably be brief. It's basically old wine in new casks. Uh, old material that's already printed in the Sivas Halacha, and there's an English version, but there are a new set of facts, new fact pattern, we'll have to apply it. It's Minyona Diyeme. There was an item that appeared in the Wall Street Journal last Wednesday or Thursday, I don't know. I get reprints because people send them. and was followed by a letter from the university. Apparently, the library... Oh, you nobody know, knows about it? Yeah, yeah. I know about it. Okay. Uh, the, sorry, I'm going to take it back. Uh, oh! Uh, okay. The library apparently had Kisve Yad from the Auerbach family. The Auerbach family, I presume I'm identifying it correctly, Mayor Auerbach wrote a sefer called Imre Bina. Everybody knows Imre Bina. He also had a father, a father and a son. One of them wrote the Divri Yecheskel and the other the Atzi al Divri Chaim, sorry, Divri Chaim and the Atzi al I don't know which is the father and which is the son, uh, but they were, uh, all three were reprinted by Machin Mishnes Rebaran. And the Imre Bina is what people use. It's, uh, they reprint in the edition, it's valuable. I presume that the Auerbach family, this is the Auerbach family, if they have other Slovene, whatever they are, they're from people in that Mishpoche, maybe even from the Imre Bina himself. I have the vaguest idea. Uh, but uh, we didn't know that it was here till now. Now that they're giving it back, suddenly we discover that it's here. But they made Xeroxes or microfilm. I don't know what they did. Okay, but there's something else that's very interesting. Apparently, there is some material from a gentleman called David Zinzheim. David Zinzheim. Hmm? Yeah. yeah, sorry? Yad David. He's not Yad David. He's Yad David. Kalina. Two Yad Davids. I didn't know that this... Napoleon's time? Yeah, wrote Napoleon's time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote a safer? What's this Yad David? I wasn't... I wasn't, didn't even know he was a bar hockey. Oh. Because, no, no, no. Yosef David Zinsheim, 1745 to 1812. Yeah, he was the he was the Sanhedrin. He was the one. What he wrote, to, what he told Napoleon in writing, was the Sheker Mukhlat. More than one Sheker Mukhlat. Was uh, whatever he did. Well, you, well, that's, that goof is part of the Shiloh. You're allowed to do or you're not allowed to do. He's a Yufatayra, the Marshal. Everybody disagrees with the Marshal. You know, if, if there's anything here. What did he tell Napoleon? All kinds of things about relationships between Jews and non-Jews, it was not so. which weren't true. It was the, at the time of the Revo- French Revolution. There were uh, this is the period of emancipation, giving rights to Jews, but only if they're good French citizens. Egalitarianism only if they're good French citizens. So you had to tell them they were good French citizens. Vachule, vachule, vachule. And it was a. So they related this one. Uh yeah. He, yeah, he related by marriage, as the old Wall Street Journal tells me. I wouldn't have, how do I know? See, I didn't even know he wrote Yadovid. I only know him from things for which he's notorious. <laughs> what is the Yadovid on? Um, I thought it was on Shas. On Shas? Yeah, Talmud Bavli, Chidushim. Chidushim, Talmud Bavli. Two volumes, you have Moed and Zrayim. And then another volume. All right. All right, that's... It's not Negeas. In any event, apparently, uh, these Ksofim were available, and Yeshiva University acquired them after World War II from a book dealer on the Lower East Side. doesn't take too much ingenuity to figure out who it probably was. Uh, not a, he's not alive today anymore. He's not selling Svarim anymore. Uh, but this gentleman had lots of Svarim that... Uh, provenance unknown, how he got them after the war. Uh, I myself have a, I don't know what to do with it, uh, I have one volume of Ne Yeshua that has the stamp of the Beis Halevi in it, bought from him. I'm sure the Beis Halevi didn't sell it. 
So I just said, you know, who, who, who owns it? Yes, uh, he has many ocean. Yes, I don't know. <laughs> go figure out. Uh, anyway, it's there. If they want to come, they can take it. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, the svarim apparently, or the kisvayad, whatever is here, were given to a seminary in Berlin. I suspect it was the Hochschule for the Wissenschaftliche Judentum. I don't think it was the Hildesheimer Seminary. If it would have been Hildesheimer, it would have been identified as such. And besides, I don't think Hildesheimer would have taken these things in order to, you know, for whatever. Sound more like, you know, they were, they were across the street from one another. Sounds more as if it was going to the other place. And the Sotheby sale, which I don't think besides Rabbi Willig, anybody in this room can even remember, it involved things that were spirited away by Professor Alexander Gutmann, uh, who claimed that they'd been given to him, and the Attorney General of the State of New York claimed that uh, not his, it belongs to Tzedakah. Which Tzedakah the Attorney General will figure out? And eventually uh, there was an auction at Sotheby's, that's how they found out about it altogether. Gutmann, in his old age, decided he was going to sell them, and it was bought by, I understand it was Jesselson, and it made this circuit of four institutions, six months apiece, ultimately to repose, I don't know where. They were a bunch of uh, uh, valuable things, whatever they were, nothing that we're interested in. These, so I might be interested in the things that they were parading around the Prague, I got that one, a few more things like that. Uh, but in any event, I suspect that this is more or less the same kind of situation, and how in the world they got to America's Svarn Lower East Side, we don't know. Yeshiva University was offered the materials at a price of $1,500, and they claimed that they couldn't afford it. So somebody bought it and gave it to Yeshiva University. You figure out what happened in between. It's, uh, but whatever happened there, it ended up with Yeshiva University. And now the Yorshim apparently got wind of its existence, and they wanted it back. And Yeshiva University returned it, claiming that now it's worth $250,000. I have no idea what it's worth. But we have uh, the document, the article in the New York Times, and the letter that comes, sorry? In journal. Wall Street uh, Journal, sorry. <laughs> and a letter from the university telling us that uh, Yeshiva University, our vibrant intellectual academic pursuits, are as they must be anchored in even richer and deeper Torah traditions of tzedek, justice, and chesed, charity, with a chance to perform a mitzvah, pure hashavas of Ada, returning a lost object to its owner, and we jumped at that opportunity to do the right thing because it was the right thing, and not for any reward. As Rabbi Harari has already pointed out, the nomenclature Hashavas Aveda is not exactly appropriate. This wasn't an Aveda. The Yarshim may have had a claim of Mamaini Gaboch, Yeshiva didn't steal it, but whatever their claim is to restoring their property, but I doubt that this falls into the category of Hashavas Aveda. In any event, by the time I got to the Blat Gemara before Davening on Shabbos, I was accosted by two different uh, makshivim. One of them said, what's this business with Yeshiva University? If they had it all these years, why didn't they give it back? That was the first one. The second one says he doesn't quite understand the tone and tenor of this letter. Mamanashach, I'm paraphrasing it. If they're mechuyiv, if you're mechuyiv in din to give it back, you're mechuyiv to give it back. There's no choice. Uh, you're not doing a good thing, you're doing what's in din. And otherwise, who gave them the right to give it back? In effect, chalkeinu natir, chalik mizbeach miyatir. It's mamishal tztoke. What do you You're giving it to people who have no claim for it. That was, you know, that's, that was the, the tightness that I got. So the first two chaburas I won't say is, number one, there is no such thing as a right thing to do. Uh, I won't say the chaburah. It's published in, in, in uh, uh, the philosophical quest. 
uh, is there an ethic beyond halacha? There is no ethic beyond halacha. Lifnim Mishura Sadin is also dinahu in the words of Rav and Bovim And if there is a chiv of Lifnim Mishura Sadin, then it's Lifnim Mishura Sadin. The second chabur, which I won't talk to say either, is whether a maised is entitled to act Lifnim Mishura Sadin or whether it's mechuiv to act Lifnim Mishura Sadin. Poshit, what kind of Lifnim Mishura Sadin? Yochid has chiyuvim. Reb Moshe has a tshuva. He says a Moshe had stock is mechuyiv That's his different uh, discussion. I'm not interested in that. We'll be makabel uh, Reb Moshe's uh, tshuva that a Moshe is mechuyiv And if they're mechuyiv, then I don't think it was just the right thing to do. If, you're, if there is a lifnim yishur sadin, you're mechuyiv. Now we're left with the chabur. Chabur <laughs> is. What, what what's the din? And is there a lifnim Mishura Sadin? And the Shaila seems to be to be no different in you saw it, but the facts may be different, because I don't know the facts altogether. Uh, the facts may be a little bit different from the soft resale, uh, but you have to apply whatever considerations apply to the soft resale and see how they play themselves out in this kind of a situation. The, it seems to me that there are three ways in which the person who comes into possession of these materials, the Svarim, the Kisviyad from the library, three ways in which they could claim valid title in Aloha. First of all, the simple way, uh, we presume that for, this is not the Gutman case. Gutman was with Migus, with all kinds of things. But we assume that uh, the Hochschule uh, didn't exactly steal these. Uh, they was given to them, we're told, for safekeeping, and they were going to be reclaimed after the war. The Nazis marched in, and uh, this much is known. They closed down the Hochschule, and they took anything that they found. They did take the books in the library. What they did with the books in the library, we don't know. The ones that got to Cincinnati and to Gutmann, we know about. The other things, at the best of my knowledge, nobody knows anything about. Uh, there is a Truva in the 3D age, in which Rav Weinberg does say what happened to the library of the Hildesheimer uh, uh, Seminary, whether with all the Sorim, some of the Sorim, I don't really know, but he, they knew what happened to them after the war, and I doubt that this was from there, partially because whoever had those would have had this too. But that's not important. So presumably what happened is that the Nazis seized this, and then... After the war, the same gentleman who got my Pnei Yeshua that once belonged to the Beis HaLevi got other things also. Uh, he simply went around, at least I don't know this, I have not, certainly not firsthand, he went around to Europe and wherever he saw Svarim, he took them uh, from wherever he found them. And who says it was wrong? I don't know, it's all part of the problem. Uh, those, at that point, there were abandoned shuls all over the place. How he got to the Hochschule, I have the vaguest idea. It's very possible that a German officer sold it to somebody after the war, during the war. I doubt it was during the war. And it's also possible, although I think it's highly unlikely, as the reporter in the Wall Street Journal speculates, that an American serviceman managed to get hold of them and uh, you know, sold them on the Lower East Side. Uh, the, not, not likely. But in any event, uh, we have now somebody who stole it. Uh, the thief was, the original thief was probably a Nazi. And now there's been Shina Rishus. So you have, uh, you have Shina Rishus, and the issue is, is the Yush. Yush and Shina Rishus is kind of. If there was Yush plus Shina Rishus, certainly Yush, and then Shina Rishus, so whoever got it afterwards, presumably he bought it, or if not, he probably just took it from Hefker. Uh, so if it came after Yush, he certainly got good title. The problem is, and what if there was no Yush? He got it before there was Yush. Was it Yush afterwards? Is Machlekes Machaber in the Ramo? And the Ramo says that you need Yush before the Shina Rishus. So we've got a problem with regard to all of this. Yes? Ask, could it be that there's a, like the Raman and Chuba says there's a separate din, like a separate Torah? Which yes, I'm, I'm finished oh, okay. yet. Okay. So that's no for we, or, yeah. Could 
there also be a, an Indian of Kibush? Yes. Yeah, so, well, we're finished. <laughs> I think everything, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Oh, okay. What's is really, yeah. How do you know the Rambam of Bob Preetz and Chalua? No, it's not. It's Rambam. It's not a chuva of the Rambam. It's a chuva, but it's not in the chuva of Rambam. It's a Yeshida Mugabetsus and Bovin That's the only place that is actually. It's the only place. Unless it's places I don't know about. <laughs> but uh, it's printed in the Sheet of Mugabetsus. But okay. And then what, and what does the Rambam say there? Um, it says that if they stole it with the consent of the government, yeah. then, uh, then you have to reimburse the Ghana for the Secretary of State. Not exactly, but we'll see in a minute. Okay, all right. Uh, so the, you know, the issue here is whether there was use. Now, there are a number of considerations. Uh, the Nazis, I gather, was a Ghana of Mephorsum, and if you acquire something from the Ghana of uh, ordinarily, if there's Yishushin Rishus and the Bailim, if there isn't Yishushin Rishus and the Bailim were entitled to get it back, they have to pay whatever Hitzos there were. From a kind of Mephursim, they're not Mechuyi to pay the Hitzos. Sifrei Kodesh, they're Mechuyi to pay the Hitzos because there's a kind of a Takona that you have to be paid Sifrei Kodesh Bichtei de Mayhem. And even if it's a kind of a person, you have to be paid a bichtei de mayhem. And so the uh, person is entitled to his itzos. So uh, uh, if you tell me that the Nazis are, uh, Nazis are kind of a person and or we're dealing with Sifre Kodesh, I presume we are, although some of these may be dvarm I have no idea, uh, Yeshiva will be entitled to its itzos, not $250,000, but whatever of the 1500 can be attributed to Sifre Kodesh. That's number one. Number two, there's no Yish with Gezel as opposed to Geneva, because with Gezel, I know who the Goslin is, and I'll call him Ledin, so why should I be Miyayish? I should be Miyayish if I can recover it. There's a tshuva in the Yehuda who says that's only when there's law and order in the land, when you can summon him Ledin. If it's not possible to bring the Gan of the Din because there's nobody around there that will uh, force him, then there's Yush even with regard to a Gan not just a Goslin. Uh, applied in later Chuvis to soldiers who loot, and everybody knows they're looting. Only what are you going to do with the soldiers? They do what they want. Uh, I presume the Nazis are in that category, so that uh, even if we're dealing with uh, Gizela rather than Geneva, and this was open and notorious, they weren't hiding what they were doing, uh, it would still seem to be that there might well be huge. Now, the counter-argument to all of this is that Svarim, uh, that a Goy acquires, we presume that there is never Yish for a very simple reason. And that is, what is he going to do with it? It has nothing to do with it except to sell it to a Jew. A Jew will try to find the original owner and give it back. So why should the person from whom it was stolen be Miyayish? The Ganev has no choice but to return it to somebody who's going to seek him out and he'll get it back. So, the yeah. Isn't it, isn't it like um, a fact that, like, historically, like, farm that were looted were used, like, to find, like, English or Latin books in libraries? Okay. Uh, I don't know about historical before World War II. I only know about historical as of World War II, because that's the only truth that I, that I know about. I suspect that in earlier days, they didn't just loot them and use them for uh, purposes of binding, which is what they used scrap paper for. I suspect that they knew how valuable these things were, knew that it had a value, a value and why just wasted on something like this. The World War I is a little bit different. Uh, that's where we have the first of the Chuvas dealing with Svarim that have been taken by modern-day armies. And I don't know about Chuvas dealing with the medieval period and what may have uh, been I seen. In, I was in and out of the Austrian library, and there was a Ravon. Which library? The Austrian National Library. Yeah. And they have a Ravon that's used as a binding on a Latin book. On a Latin book. And I asked my friends, oh yeah, well, they have a lot of Hebrew books that were stolen, and they just use them 
Okay, I, I didn't know that this happened during that period. But okay, fine. Uh, the, the, what happened in World War I was it was a shortage of paper. And uh, uh, soldiers, you know, those were days of hand-rolled cigarettes, uh, which probably here nobody can remember. But people used to buy the, the, the tobacco and take their own little wrappers. Now you use the wrappers only for something else, not called tobacco. But they put the tobacco in the cigarettes, and in this country, uh, people did that because the tax on cigarettes was much higher than the tax on loose tobacco. And it was before everybody was a gvir, so a lot of people used to make their own cigarettes. Apparently, this was going on in Europe as well, and during World War One, the Emirates says that the soldiers... Uh, were seizing books, including Sorim, and they were using them for the scrap paper, using them to roll cigarettes. So, in effect, what he's saying is this presumption with regard to Sifri Kodesh no longer exists. Uh, no reason to think I'm going to get it back. The soldier is going to tear it apart. They're going to use it for whatever they're using it for. So, the fact that it's written in Washington Kodesh doesn't mean that they're not going to be Miyaish. Uh, so, the, the issue is, and what are they doing with all of this? Now, uh, uh, in the same tshuva, the Imriyesha says, but uh, you know, sometimes the armies, we know what they do, they just destroy everything. They seize and they don't try to ransom it by selling it to Jews, they just destroy. And if that's what they're doing, then again, there's every reason to be miyaj. In the Tshuvas of the base Ovi, and this is already after World War II, the Bailus of Sorim that were retrieved after the war, uh, Rav Libas says something very strange. He says, ah, Rav Libas in the base Ovi, he says, of course everybody was Miyayish from the Sorim. They didn't think they would get out alive. Nobody thought that they would be able to get out alive. If they were Miyayish from themselves, certainly they were Miyayish from the Sorim. Now, I find that hard to accept. Uh, people may have thought that they're going to perish, but they certainly knew that uh, ultimately there would be people who would survive. There has to be Mekayim. So they're Yarshim. If they won't go to him, they'll go to the Yarshim, particularly if these are identifiable. Why should they be Miyayish? Uh, Rav Breish in the, uh, the Chelkes Yaakov makes another point. He says, in effect, yeah, nobody was Miyayish, but they, things were in such a turmoil, even if you wanted to return the story, you didn't know who to return them to. And therefore, the owner was Miyayish. You know, when, when it was Shonin Kitikunam, uh, Ghana stole something in the city. If you didn't recognize immediately who the Bailim of the Sefer were, so you were Makris in the basic classes. And the, you know, the Bailim will say that uh, such and such a Sefer was stolen from me. But how are you going to go be Makris, the Sorim, today? You're never going to find the rightful owner. And people know you're not going to find them. Therefore, uh, people would be Miyayish. So the issue is, is there Yush or isn't there Yush? Uh, it's known that the Nazis behaved differently in different places. Uh, the, some places they destroyed everything they got. Other places, particularly Svarim, they uh, preserved. In the Kovna ghetto, and this is a tshuva in the the tshuvas of the Nazis had a collaborator. It was a Jew by the name of Greenberg, I think. And he told them which svarim are worth keeping and which you can, you know, send them back to the shamus or whatever. And they were shipped off. Presumably, they were going to be held in a library, a memorial to this decadent culture or what have you. Sorry, the extinct culture. Extinct culture. Uh, I, it's known that in Prague there was, not that there anymore, there was a, uh, a shul that they used to keep Tashmishe uh, Kedish. They had Pereskos and Mentlan. Nobody knows, or at least nobody I know of, is able to tell me what happened to them. Uh, I was. in Prague that they were going to build? Sorry? The story was they were going to use each one of the shuls as a abteilung of this museum, and one was going to get these tapestries, the other was going to get a, a svarim, the other was going to get silver. I don't know what they do. Have some museum in Prague today? Not this one. With, with, with and other stuff. The first time I saw it, the second time I was there, I asked one of the uh, 
uh, it was a communist, a, an official, and he said, I wish I knew, maybe you can find out, you're a foreigner, uh, they, they don't know where it is. At least nobody there knew it. Maybe now people know. I have no idea. They don't know where what. The the uh, the mental after Ferguson that were in this museum that was left. The communists just you know, they spirited it away someplace. Uh, so uh, there were places where they certainly wanted to preserve it, and where they wanted to preserve it, uh, I don't know why there should be use. Uh, even if the Gazis were now seizing it, but I think the Jews still had betochen that Hitler would be vanquished sooner or later. And we'll talk a little bit more later, but the Allies weren't going to keep this. The Allies would certainly return it to the rightful owners, if they could. So why should a Jew be miyayish just because Hitler is seizing something? If you have a thug in your local neighborhood who takes something, I understand they'll be huge and never be able to get him with din. But after all, they didn't know there would be a UN, but there was a UN. There was, everything was going on afterwards. I don't think it's at all clear that there was a huge. But I mean, that's the first thing that you have to establish. I think that they were being spalwell that the Allies should win. Uh, and if I have a Ganev, uh, I hope that the police will catch him. I don't know that the police will catch him if he's a Ganev and not Miyaj, because I hope that's enough. It's enough for me not to uh, be Miyaj. I don't uh, give up. I uh, don't abandon the property because I don't have any hopes of recovery. And a few years later, there still wouldn't be Yash? When? After the war. Why should it be? Let's say, let's say they stole it in 1940. And they, they sold it and th- yeah. didn't steal it in 1939. This was going on in Berlin, apparently, in the, four, I think in 42, if not mistaken. Maybe 40, uh, whatever those years were. So 40, and then two, two three years later... Two, three years later, things were going better for the Allies. If anything, you thought that uh, Hitler will be defeated, and I'll uh, present my claim, and I'll get back whatever it is that uh, I was that I lost because they stole it from me. So I'm I'm not sure that there was huge in the first place. In fact, I mean, this makes the claim of the heirs stronger. If you assume that there was Yush in Shini Rishus and the Yush took place during the course of the war, and again, you have to know the facts. It took place during the course of the war, and the Shini Rishus was after the war. I presume the Shini Rishus didn't take place until after the war. Then they have a solid claim. Uh, then they, uh, whoever came into possession has a solid claim on the basis of, Shinu, of Yush and Shini Rishus. Is that the fact pattern or isn't it the fact pattern? And of course, and there are a lot of post-World War II Chuvas saying that people weren't Miyayish. If people weren't Miyayish, then there's no title vested in whoever came into possession. That's point number one. Point number, or the second way in which they could claim title. The second way is basically a variation of the first, and that's on the basis of Zutil Shayam. Uh, whatever reason, the Zutu Shayam is to all intents and purposes, Avudom Yimenum Yikolodom, and anybody can come and take it. Now, there's a Machlegus Yushani. The Rambam holds it's only with Yush, which doesn't help us anymore. We're back to the question of whether you need Yush. The Rosh maintains that Zutil Shayam, which becomes Avudom Yimenum Yikolodom, that serves to vest title in the person who finds it, comes into possession, even with that Yush. And the Mechaber Paskins like the Rosh. So that if they claim Zutu Shoyam, according to Mechaber, they've got good title. And I will not enter into whether you can say Kimli, like the Rambam, Keneged, the Mechaber. But the Mechaber here, Paskins here, like the Rosh. So uh, according to the Rosh, if it is Zutu Shoyam, then again, this was a way of the finder, uh, whoever got possession, coming into a valid title. Question, is this Zuta Shalyam? Uh, it would seem to me that Zuta Shalyam would apply if it was known that the Nazis were seizing this and building bonfires. What's the difference whether it goes out to sea or it goes into a fire which is going to destroy it? 
Again, the same Imbriyashir disagrees with me. He says that his soldiers were destroying, and he says Zutoshoyam doesn't apply. Why? Because they didn't start burning it yet. I presume what he means is that even the Russia could do tshuva in the last minute, who's Zutoshoyam's natural forces. Once it's going out in the tide, it's not going to come back. It takes shin in the breath for that to happen. And this guy is just risking his life to go out and swim and try to get it back. The the fire, he says, isn't Zutoshoyam until the fire is burning. I presume what he means is that how do you know the soldier is going to do it? And don't tell me he's been doing it for a whole week and uh, he's got piles and piles he's already burnt and he's going to burn all of these but if he didn't light the fire today that's not yet Zuta Yam. make it baby okay so uh, that doesn't help us very much anyway for in situations in which we have reason to think that the Nazis weren't going to destroy these in the first place. I have no evidence that there was a Zuto Shalyam in Berlin. In Kovna, whatever didn't go off in the transport that uh, they were shipping away, I presume the Nazis destroyed in Kovna. And everybody knew they were going to destroy it, so you can at least argue is it Zuto Shalyam or isn't it Zuto Shalyam? But if they were intent upon preserving it, and apparently they were, uh, they made it a capital crime to try to take these things out of Berlin, at least that's what uh, those are the facts as presented in Gutmann's case, he had to risk his life to get them out because the Nazis uh, wanted to keep it if they were going to destroy it, I doubt very much they would try to kill people who wanted to take it away what difference would it make? So in any event that's the second way in which title might be vested in whoever came into possession the third is more significant, and that's Kibush Muhammad. Kibush Muhammad is a Kenyan, and now the issue is, and what is the Kenyan of Kibush Muhammad? Rashi in Gitan Lamedches says that Kibush Muhammad is not a new Kenyan, it's an old Kenyan, and an Ijiyush. So according to Rashi, we're still back wherever we were. And somebody will claim that there was no use, so we have no Yish we have no Zutushoyam for many Rishonim, and we have no Kibush Muhammad. So we're going to end up with a Machlekes Hapai scheme with regard to whether this could be title in the person who came to possession, or whether there couldn't be title. So it's, it's, always, it's going to remain a, a matter which is the subject of some kind of controversy. However, the Rashba disagrees with Rashi, and says that Kibush Muhammad is a Kenyan even without Yush. And there is this Chuvas Harambam. Let me read you the Chuvas Harambam. The Chuvas Harambam reads as follows. This was a, uh, the Shiloh was regard to Mishakonu min Hashelulim. Sifri Kodesh, Liktsas Botik Nisius, Shemim Bedinois, Im Noimar Shekono, O Im Nechafeu Al Kichos Mimenu, Vim Noimar Shen Lilkach Mimenu Balkor, Vilokach Mimenu Balkorhoi, Im Losloi Hasar Shekonobo, Vim Yaxel Oisebe Saknesses, Atzmoi, Oilusuloso. Complicated child. But basically, we have a safer Torah that's been stolen from the shul, and now the issue is uh, can the shul get it back? Can you give it to another shul? So it says the Rambam, Im Bizozu Oiso Bimitzras Amelech. Kono ubitel din hektish veafilu kleha mikdosh kishenishlu botlo kudushason omru ubo bo pritzin vihaluho vihiluho sorry chiluho omnom im nishlu belirushusamelech ay nignavu yishava benekith hatschevetz kamahitzi v'yitol v'yachsuz ha'seifel mekaymai etc. etc. v'kosav meisha Adkan, that's the Lashon of the Shidmukabetz is including the Adkan. So the Rambam is a strange Rambam. If you read it literally, the Rambam is saying that it was b'mitzvah ha'melech there is no bottle din hektish. There's nothing here. 
uh, and he has been read by some people, including the Chalkishankiv, as saying that no longer has Kedusha Sefer that this bow preaching the Chilaluha, just like the Klei HaMikdash went out L'chulin, this also goes out L'chulin, and what's the point of returning it? It doesn't have Kedusha Sefer anyway, it's not worth anything. I don't think that's Pshat in the Rambam. Uh, I think that the Rambam, the Rambam is not writing Melitzis. I think when the Rambam is telling us that it was B'mitzas HaMelech, his Kona, and Beetle Din Hektish, he means that it no longer has whatever Kedush is associated with the Beisach Nessus, that the Hektish doesn't have claim anymore. It doesn't belong to the Beisach Nessus, just as we have our Loche of Bo Pritzim V'chilulua. Now, what's the Rambam adding Bo Pritzim V'chilulua for? He should be telling me simply that there's Dvar HaMelech, he means Kiddush Muhammad. If there's Kiddush Muhammad, then it doesn't belong to Hektish, it doesn't belong to the Basic Nessus, so the finder can keep it. Or the one, whoever got it from, from the Melech can keep it. I think the Rambam is here telling me that he agrees with the, with the Rash book, Kenegad Rashi. He's telling me that Kibush Mohammed is not an old Kenyan, which needs, like every Kenyan Eva, needs Yush for a successor to get good title. He's telling me there's a new halacha of Bo Luha, and you see it's a new Kenyan because you can't just steal from Hektish. Hektish, there's no, there's different kinds of meals, meal in Hektish, but you can't just walk into the base of Mikdosh and walk out with a Kayla and become a Ghana. It doesn't Work that way. You know, they're no ordinary kinyoni gzela. There are kinyoni mi'ila, but there's something else there. There's bo preitz and chilulua. It could become nischalel even if the uh, the kivesh didn't have any hanor from it. The uh, the seizure is enough to be machal hektish. It must be because kibush mochome is a new kinyan as even a kinyan against hektish. So the Rambam is telling me the kibush mochome is a Kenyan and of itself. That's how I read the Rambam. And I think that he's holding like the Rashba Keneged Rashi. So there's a brand new Kenyan of Kibush Mohammed. And the Nazis, Lahur, had a Kenyan of Kibush Mohammed. And the uh, successors, however they got it, they got good title and they can keep it and there's no reason to give it back. I mean, there's no reason why whoever found it shouldn't, should give it back. And if I bought it from the finder, I can keep it too. I don't have to give it to the heirs. We have now the uh, Kibush Mohammed. Uh, there's a source that disagrees with me. The source that disagrees with me is a psak of the... I think I spoke about this several years ago in the Chaburah. A psak of the Bez Nagot Yerushalayim. There was a similar dispute, not with regard to Sefer Torah or Ksavim, but with regard to a Kesser of a Sefer Torah. There was a situation in which there's a museum on Hartzion. I don't know what it is, but it's a, I know it's a museum on Hartzion. I know it from another one of the Shilas. They used to have a something for the Shoah, and uh, they have a hangman's noose that was taken from the Nazis, and the Chazni used to use it as a gartel. And this commemoration of the Yom HaShoah, the Shalom was, you'll have to have a Noah from this. That's I know there was a, a museum on Hartzion. So this, this museum apparently had the Kesser. How it got it, I have the vaguest idea. The After the war, a Jew shows up, he's a tourist, he's, uh, he's uh, now living in Israel, but he's an Hartzian as a tourist, and he sees the Kesser Torah. And the Kesser Torah says, Zen Nidvas Pliny Ben Pliny, and it turns out that it was this man's father. And he says, he knows, he recognizes it, more than just Tviasayan. He buried it in the Chutz of the Beisach so the Nazis shouldn't get it. And now, apparently Nazis did get it. We don't know. It's here in, in, in Hartzion. And uh, he wants it back. And the museum doesn't want to give it back. The museum's not going to do the right thing. But wasn't it an endeavor to the Besak Nessus already? Sure it was. In so Hungary. 
Right, so why is the Yerush having Tviyah on something which is not just the Besak Don't ask me. Uh, that's a good question. You should go back to Besak Nessus. What's his personal claim? Uh, it may be the case, and this is not on the record. Remember, in America, it's kind of lost. But in Europe, nobody gave a safer terror to the basic yeah. They yeah, lent it to the right? basic yeah. They remained the Bailey. He may have argued that it was my father's safer terror, and it was his caster, and it was never given. Or do I, I, you know, yeah, I don't have to justify. People would write. Zos Nidvah, if it was just uh, precious... Uh, Maybe he didn't say Zos Nidvah. That's his name on it. What? You wouldn't be, uh, would be able to say Ksiva Sekretari. That's why they didn't. Uh, okay, I'm not, that's not our problem right now. Well, why the people did this? Why they didn't do it is a separate issue. But he now wants it back. And the um, the museum is, in effect, arguing Kibush Muhammad. That uh, there is kibush mukhama and they were zeicha, and they don't have to give it back, no matter what claims he has. Sitting in that bezdin were uh, uh, Rav Jolti and um, uh, Rav Eliyashev Zechariah They were two of the three members of the bezdin. The bezdin uh, makes one point, one serious point. This happened in Hungary. And the people who seized it were not Nazis. They were, it was seized by the Red Arrow, by the Hungarian Nazis. Arrow Cross. The Red Arrow Cross. They call them the Red Arrow. The Red Arrow Cross. Yeah, Arrow, the arrow, arrow the, Cross. The Arrow Cross, maybe. Not the Red Cross. Did you? <laughs> All right, whatever this was. And the, uh, the Besden says that there's no Kibush Mohammed against your own nationals. There's Kibush Muhammad only if you march into somebody else's territory. But there's no Kibush Muhammad in whoever you happen to be. Now, that's an interesting point. And Besden Yerushalayim said, and Savsholti, Rav Eliashev, Laniyaz Daiti, I'm not sure they're right. I'm not sure they're right for a very simple reason. And that's you have to analyze the concept of Kibush Muhammad. Now, sometimes was Nevin Ezra for a different context. I think I spoke about common law marriage and what have you, uh, but it seems to me that there are two kinds of kinyonim. Uh, again, you'll find it in the Sivas Haloch in a different piece. Uh, it seems to me that there are two kinds of kinyonim. One I call a Maisakinian, and the other I call a Mitzias Akinian. Every Kenyan needs Das. And if you're an Eider Benichse Hager of Gresovashem Shalom, you can't be Kaina. You need Das for to acquire property. Das Acher is Machnes, or somebody else's Das. A Chotzer Hamishtameris is Kaina Shalom Well, what's the privileged status of Chotzer? It's like every other Kenyan. The answer is, I think, that a Maisa Kenyan is formalistic. It's Eros Bailus. I got to show that I'm the owner. If I show I'm the owner and I want to take title with that, so it flips, it becomes the Maisa Kenyan. Sometimes I don't have to show that I'm the owner. Everybody knows I'm the owner. If I'm holding it in my hand, if it's in my Chotzer, this is what I call the Mitzias Hakenyan. Uh, this. That piece I wrote when I was rather young. Later, when I discovered the Perusha Ivra of Rav Henkin, I found that Rav Henkin said the same, con- the same concept, only he said it in Kinyone Ishus. He, you now the issue is what's Chazok and Nus. I think that most Paiskim think why should I do Vera if I can do something better? And now we'll talk about Avaryoni is a Hazok of and what if she was a need in addition to everything else, who was a worse Avera, what kind of Hazok in says Rav Henkin that uh, this is totally different. It's uh, it's the chefts of issues. The chefts of issues is keeping other men at bay, preventing others from having access. That's common law marriage. And that's in Odom Nus. And that's the intent. He means they well, on an ongoing basis, presumably. He wants this what I would have called it a mitzius. And he compares it to Dea Chamor Evus Bolov. You don't have to have Das. An animal knows the Mitzvahs. He knows that it's the, the Bailim that owns it. He knows he has a master. There's some things that he says they're, they're, they're what I call the Mitzvahs. Now, the, uh, the, 
he doesn't talk about Kibush Mohammed extensively, but I think that he thinks the same thing as with regard to Kibush Mohammed. But the Dvar of Rome, the Dvar of Rome was the barrier with regard to Kibush Mohammed. He has long maroches. He wrote more about it than anybody else. The, uh, the Dvar of Rome, as I understand him, says exactly what I've been saying about Chotzer. Well, he's saying it about Kibush Mohammed. And Kibush Mohammed is even more Mustafa than Chotzer. I mean, I'm taking it with gewalt, no force. Of course it becomes mine. That's what the force is all about. There's Ein Lucha Gneva Gedele Mizu, and if it doesn't even need you, because it's more than just Gneva. It's stronger than just Gneva. Why do I need more than this? That's how he explains it. The Dvar Avram also says something else, which definitely contradicts the Bezna and Yerushalayim, and they didn't mention the Dvar Avram. He says that if a Melech seizes in the course of war, and then he loses the war, there's no Kibush Muhammad. It goes back to the Bailim Rishonim. As long as he had it with Kibush Muhammad, it's his. But when the Kibush is bottle, the Kenyan of Kibush Muhammad is bottle, which I take is a kind of a palliate, save what he's saying. You tell him Kibush Muhammad are facts. If the facts are reversed, then Allah, it's reversed. <laughs> it's no more Kibush. Or he's Kapalushmacher. It goes back to where it came from. Now Hitler lost the war, and the Red Arrow, the Red Arrow Crescent, are not here anymore. So it should have gone back. Back to the Bible Why? Uh, Why isn't that because there's a kibush from the? There was a kibush of the Allies. Yes, the right. Allies the right. So the Allies should be the Bible, and you know what's? Yes, you know what's going to happen. But it's not a reversal of the Kenyan. There's a new Kenyan kibush. So the new Melech has a new Kenyan kibush, and what does the new Melech do? Particularly when he was the conquered king, and they took everybody's property, and now he manages to chase out the invader. He of course he gives it back but to that his. Requires separate so yeah, so that would be a right? Now, what do you think is what would happen after World War II? The American Army or the Red Army? I don't know which one. My Red Army probably marched into Hungary. Uh, they seized it and apparently didn't want to keep it for themselves. The American army certainly wouldn't have kept it for itself. They, the Americans did return whatever they came, whatever they got will live. Uh, what the communists did, I don't know. But they, they certainly revatal the original kibush Muhammad. How they revatal the original kibush? All, all you have now is a new kibush. Right. The we, we, so the old kibush is bottle. And if they want Kibush Muhammad, then they take it away and send it back into Russia so it becomes theirs. But if they don't make a Kibush on the Kesser, so it remains where it is. Let the Bailey Mishraim come back. They certainly didn't keep, they didn't get the Kesser. They're Mavatal, the old Kibush. Why aren't they going to? If they wanted to, they would be. You don't need to ask for a Kenyan Kibush. You have to at least be Kaifish. What happened here. Yeah, okay. yeah, the the no, 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 no. What the Varavram is saying: Look, you have the Kavish who comes in. He takes your valuables and he puts it in his storehouse. Okay. And now comes a new Melech, and he chases out the old army, and the stuff is still where it was. Who has it now? The new Melech can come and say, I'm the new Melech, I'm the new Kavish. Or the Melech can disappear and say, it's called Olam Gvar. What does Olam Gvar mean? Let the old owners come back and take it. Because it's not Hefker, he wasn't Mafkarit. It now reverts according to the Var of Rome to the original Bailim. What's the mechanism of the reversal? They don't need a mechanism. Kibush Muhammad is only valid so long as it is a state of Kibush. It's a Mitsius. Uh, like a Chotzeshenim Shtameris. I think it's Chotzeshenim has to say. Right, well, the Allies don't have Das to be Kona. They don't have to have Das to be Kona. Right, they had Das, so they had they das to throw out the Germans. Okay. They certainly had Das to conquer. The to th- yeah, they wanted to throw out the Germans. So why isn't that. They were the Vatal. Because they went away the next day. They also left. The Americans came, we came, we saw, we conquered, and we left. We left you in peace. That's not Hefker. We we eliminate our kibush. First, we removed the first kibush. Now we conquered temporarily, and we surrendered our kibush. We, uh, what, what difference does it make if I'm Kavish the Kavish or the Kavish runs away? The Americans ran away after the war. They had no interest in staying. There was no reason for them to stay. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a that's not Hefker. 
They're saying that for the for the the the, the, the of Rome says it reverts back to the status quo ante. Why isn't it reversed back to the Kinyan Kibush of the Nazis? Because they were vatal that Kibush too. That Kibush disappeared. It's not a biblical Kibush. Just yes, a, it is. It's a new Kinyan Kibush imposed on top of it. The Kinyan Kibush, besides its Kibush, is vatal the old Kibush. And when I, of course, it has to be. How can I have a new Kibush without being vatal the old Kibush? But the Nazis never conquered Poland now. No, they conquered Poland. The Dvar of Rome would say it's Bottle Mavutalka for the Arab. Whatever that's the Dvar of Rome, that's not me. Whatever the whatever Kenyan the Kibish had in Poland, he lost the minute he was defeated, the minute, the minute he retreated. It was a Kenyanless month. He lost month. it then in the you know in the, in the mid forties, not in. He, the, whenever he lost it, it reverted back to the status quo ante. Kibush Muhammad doesn't make something hefker. It conveys title to the Kibish, only its title Lizman. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's an acharecho. It's yours for 10 years, and afterwards it goes back to whoever it came from, or to somebody else. He could be mafker, but they weren't mafker. Nobody was mafker or anything. Nobody was mafker. As long as this is, he could be mafker. But nobody was mafker, so we would have to go back to where it came from. I see the Dvar of Rome as clearly a steer to the Besden. So what? So the Besden said what the Besden said. But it's Negea in these cases. Uh, who gets title? Does the person who bought it on the Lower East Side get title? Or does he not get title? Uh, does it go back to the Bailim Rishenim? Uh, who now, and then you don't have the king of Kibush Muhammad, and have to go back to whether there is Yush, and is there Yush before the Shina Rishus, Yush after the Shina Rishus, it becomes a, a Muvucha Gedoilo. Now, yeah? Can I push back on this idea? So after the, after the Beis HaMikdash was Mcholo, right, so Pnei Yisrael conquered Eretz Yisrael back, you'd say the Chazor Vineyar, the Hector Shiva, because the Bittal of the Kibush Muhammad of the Avni HaMikdash. If you'll get the Avni HaMikdash back? Yeah, you're now going a step beyond. When Hektish is Poka, I'm not sure that... I mean, Poka, he did the King Kibush. I understand. The King Kibush is Poka, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's Kedushas Kleishoris. It could belong to the Gisborne without Kedushas Kleishoris. So you now have a new Chira. Will the Hektish also be Chazvanir according to the Dvar of Rome? But you the, the Bilas, maybe the Bilas of Hektish, the, if there is a King the, Kibush, Bilas right. of Hektish is Chazvanir. Right, because the Bible should be chosen in the air. I don't know what. So be better I don't know what it'll be. But it's an open question where the Kedusha comes back. Yes, the drama doesn't tell us, <laughs> and Dwarfram doesn't tell us either. He he was he doesn't even quote the Chuvas Rambam. He just uh, whatever he said he says. Now, yeah. I missed that the the Kedusha's is no from the ownership. I think so too, but I don't you know. I don't, I, that's a separate child. It's not Negeas. Uh, presumably, that it would have Kedushas Berakabais, because if it belongs to Berakabais, must have Kedushas Berakabais. But that's uh, not Negea, uh, any of the things that we have to be concerned with. Then the Shaila becomes even if there is title in the finder, or the one who came into possession, is there an obligation to return Lifnim Mishuras Adin? We have three separate halachas in Shulchan Aruch. You have one halacha with regard to Aveda. Aveda, after they come to possession, after Yehush, there's still a Lifni Mishurus that didn't return it. The same thing with regard to Yehush and Shinu Rishus. Uh, if the a person got it from the Ganev, he's also going to return it. Hey, they saw us for a separate issue. That's a, a separate problem. And you have it in Zutik Shalyam, which is no great Kiddush. The issue is. So if it would be an Aveda, or plain, ordinary, simple gazelle, there would be a chiyuv lifnim yishuras adin to return it. If, so, uh, that we've already established, that at best, there is a kin, there's a chiyuv of lifnim yishuras adin, and now you have this, the chabur I'm not going to talk about, whether Mesid Tzibur is mechuyiv in lifnim yishuras adin, or if it has the right lifnim yishuras adin. The, uh, uh, the the question which is up for analysis is whether after Kibush Muhammad is there Elifni Mishuris Adin. In that you don't find in Haloch. It doesn't say clearly one way or the other. The Bezdin in Yerushalayim said that this point itself is a machloikis between the Shach and the Ktsois. 
Why do they think it's machlekes between shach and the ktsayis? Because the shach says that there are two dinim here of lifnei mishur sadin. The uh, the halacha of lifnei mishur sadin in in Aveda says the shach is vasisa hayoshar vahatayv. It's a teraisa. It's a posik. Whatever this is. The Geneva says the Shach is only a Durabanon. It's a Takona. They extended this Duraisa of Aveda. They made it apply to um, uh, to Geneva as well. Says the best in Yerushalayim without sources. What they were, what they made a Takona, made a Takona. Well, they made a Takona for Gesel, for Geneva, I should say. They didn't make a Takona for Kibush Muhammad. It's not included in the Takona. Therefore, if it's Takibush uh, Muhammad, there's no Asiso Hayashar Vahataif. The Ktsais says differently from the Shach. He says that this is Gneva and Aveda are all Asisa Yosha Vahataif. Says the Benjamin why? Because they think that the rice is blanket. Now, if it's a Rabbonon, so what they said, they said. What they didn't say, they didn't say. If it's a Darais, it's got to be global. You give it back to the right owner, it's the right thing. The Torah said, Yoshev you do what's right, and Yoshev is to give it back, and it goes to Kibush Mochoma as well. The Bez Nerushalayi was Machria, like the Shach, Kenege Diktsois. And I'm not sure that uh, we all have to agree that the loch is like the shach and not like the tzais. But if the haloch is like the shach and there is no kibush mochome, I'm sorry, there is no sis of Yoshua for kibush mochome, then if the kinyin was kibush mochome and the other kinyonim fail, then there's no sis of at all. Uh, but I understand that this university was Simon Chanderbez Nerushalayim, who paskins like the Shah, and I'm sorry, the other way around. There was Simon Chanderbez, who paskins that there's Sisa Yoshev in all cases, so that Philim Tim Soleimar, that there was a valid king of Kibush Mochama, uh, they were uh, allowed and maybe even obligated to give it back on the basis of Sisa Yoshev because Ramesh uh, remember says that Moshev HaTzibur is Mochiv in Yoshev they don't have the option. They have to do it. It's not doing the right thing because there is no right thing. It's only what Halacha says to do. And if they're mechuyi, then they're mechuyi. In any event, nobody asked us, and we don't have to be machria. Uh, I suspect that a, a Bezdin who was confronted with this would have made an appropriate pshara, uh, whatever that is, I don't really know. But uh, I don't, you know, the basic point is, I don't think it's worth $250,000 to anybody except the Yarshim. We have all kinds of other little things I don't even want to talk about but I don't think they're in the Gea, whether there's Yosher Vatoiv, uh, when you have a Moisid against an individual, presumably uh, the Halach is with an Oni and an Osher. There's no Asis of Yosher Vatoiv if it's an Oni against an Osher. And I have Chuvis that say that Svarim, you don't have to give back because Tamachot uh, Got it. He needs it. What's the uh, the Amoris who owns it going to do with it? And he's an Oni. He can't find Svarim. I don't think that applies Bismanenu because go Xerox it. Araya, they did Xerox it. I don't need the original. What was the original going to do me? There's, I'm not an Oni anymore. In fact, I'm now the Oshir because I know it exists. I can go look for it before I didn't know it was there. Now at least I have the Xerox. Uh, and Rav Libis, again, I'm not sure he's right, but he says that with Svarim, there is nostalgia. People have an emotional attachment, and for that you're always an Oni. I don't know who's the bigger Oni, the Talmud Chochem who needs a safer, or this person who's got the emotional attachment. But you know, basically, I don't think it makes very much difference, because other than to the Yarshim, I don't know who would pay money for this. So, and as far as uh, yeshiva 
is concerned, I think that anybody who's going to use this material is just as happy to have the Xerox as the original. It may be kind of zenena zelichosa. I don't want to say that, but it's a dofer mukhlat. But I'm not sure that there's a market value for this in the first place. And that is the fourth kabur. What if something doesn't have a market value other than to the nigzal? Is there any chiyav hashov altogether? That's for some other time we will talk yeah, about. Original manuscripts are definitely considered more valuable. Than of whom? Than who? People, manuscripts of people nobody knows about. Of well, Araya, they were bought, what, how many years ago for $15,000? $1,500? $1,500, yeah. 1500 by whom? Nobody else wanted it except, not even Yeshiva University. I presume they twisted somebody's arm to buy it and donate it to them. 1500 was a lot more than it is today. Okay, so it was a lot more than it was today. Uh, okay, so. Yeshiva's Nana from the press. That's another point. I was going to conclude with it, but I didn't. And that is, it might even be a legitimate Yitzhah because I suspect that. I don't think it's worth $250,000. But if you tell me the yeshiva has spent $1,500 to get this publicity, I'm sure they would have. My problem is that it's not kosher publicity because it's not the good thing. Either you're mechuyiv or you're not mechuyiv. And so you're mechuyiv, don't say we're doing the good thing. Yeah, I think it would have been a, worth a lot more to say that we went and we asked the Shaila and we were told that we have no choice, that halacha requires that we return it. That, I think, would have been better publicity and it would have been emmets had they gone to ask somebody. Should I ask you to have a Reese on Tuesday? Yeah. Right. This coming to the next speaking, I think we're probably... Yes.